2: This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, a Shra Blakely, joined once again by Kwani A. Lunas and Gary Washburn. Gary, what's your, middle, what's your middle name, G? Yeah, tell what's us. your full government us. name? I
0: hope it starts with an A. It, it know, don't.
1: It doesn't. It, it doesn't. I ain't getting identity thefted in here. Um <laughs> y'all shysters.
0: You're not gonna tell us at all. We've it's, divulged that information with our audience.
1: My middle name is Michael.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh
2: isn't that cute? Cool. Gary
0: Michael Washburn. Oh, ain't that sweet? That sounds like an actor. That sounds like an actor name.
2: Oh, you think? Oh, you think about Michael B. Jordan? That's what you're thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying it. Come on, I ain't saying it. Gary, you were thinking it too. I ain't saying it. I ain't saying it. i not touch that. Got a long, we got a long history of Kwanian and Michael B. Jordan. Specifically we talked about a, it last a, week. I'm just trying to bring to people Some of the commenters said they it.
1: didn't understand the stories and our our insights. So I have to saw explain that. We have to explain some things, so let's exactly be more, you know, explanatory.
0: Well, over- so Michael, everything.
2: Quanny, you explain to Michael B. Jordan because I want your I want your story to be the story. Because if I tell it,
0: you, Quanny, you don't want me to tell. Yeah, I Mom, think I
1: might have
2: forgot. Forgot,
3: you know.
1: I in didn't one
0: mind. week, I think you guys should get your brains checked out if you forgot in one week the entire story. I, I told the story. We were at a Celtics game. Michael B. Jordan was visiting his friend Kyrie, two Jersey guys, by the way, and. Michael B Jordan was taking pictures after the game and there was like a line of people taking pictures with him. I knew all of them and I was like with them but I didn't want to take a picture and then eventually I did because right. <laughs> then I felt like I was being rude by not. We're going taking- to have
1: to find the picture and post it. Yeah. Like,
0: if you follow me on if you find my Instagram, Quani A Lunis, it is there. You just have to scroll a little bit, but the picture is online and the two of them are very disappointed in the way. I will that say
2: I really this. Thought. I remember the picture vividly, and Kwani is about as disinterested looking as you could possibly be.
0: <laughs> because I mean, the you, reason why
2: you would think that she was standing next to like a D-list celebrity who just happened no. to have like 12 minutes of fame.
0: This is Michael B. Jordan. He kind of even then he was kind of a big deal. Even then he was they kind of big. They took the picture when he was telling his friends that he could dunk out on the TD Garden floor, and I was looking at him saying, no, you can't. So that was why I looked that way in the picture, because at that exact moment is when he was saying he could easily dunk, and I just didn't believe him in that moment. I still don't actually. I haven't seen him dunk at all. Well,
2: anyway. <laughs>
3: That <laughs> not
0: not
2: that no, the people got the story right uh, Slam <laughs> Dunk for us is our good friends At betonline.ag uh, Don't forget the A-list podcast What us is available on iTunes, Spotify And all your podcasting apps But listen, before we go any further We're just going to dive right into what's going on And Jason Tatum Ooh. Hit him with the 50 piece Plus a wing 51 Ooh. Washington, Gary Washburn We were both there Um what, i mean gary what, what was your takeaway from from jason's game because after the game there was a lot of it, it, it felt like a lot of y'all do know i'm kind of nice vibes that i was getting from tatum uh i could be wrong but I, i'm just curious what was your, what was uh what was your takeaway
1: well i thought the same shots that he was taking the last week were just going in it was kind of crazy i mean to be honest with you i don't think he was taking any bad shots during the uh 20 streak of 20 misses. But for whatever reason, all of them were going in in Washington. Um, I thought it was a very, honestly, a very important win for the Celtics. Like the Washington's kind of their peer at this point. You know, the the Wizards are them are kind of fighting for that to to try to escape the play in. So and they coming off that really bad loss against Portland. So I thought it was good for them uh, to win that game so resoundingly, and also for Tatum to kind of get his swagger back and to play like. The, the, the player that people are saying, you cannot touch him. He's going to be a cornerstone, a franchise player, uh, because he makes it look at times so effortlessly. And he was unstoppable. Like Washington threw all types of defenders at him. He still got to the rim. He still was hitting the splash in the three. And it was just good to see if you're a Celtic fan, him look so like he did last year as opposed to the struggles this year.
2: Yeah, he, um, I, I you're, you're right. Washington threw a lot of defenders at him, but here's the problem they all kind of sucked. Um, they weren't very good in the zone defense, and that was, it was a great strategy because most teams are looking at the Celtics and be like, if we just hit him with a zone, we're good. And they finally, Celtics finally started knocking down some shots. And yeah, Tatum had the big game, but other guys were stepping up, knocking down shots too. But I thought Washington in general, they didn't blitz Tatum as much as I thought they would. Uh, when a guy drops 31 on you in the first half, I'm trying to make make this. Listen, I'm I'm listen, You have officially become Gary Washburn's middle name, Michael, as in Michael Jackson. <laughs> I want Tito and Jermaine to make some shots. I need I need the other non-stars on your team to make some shots. Guys who are not ha, don't have it cooking like you do. My, Jason first of all, Tatum. For,
1: uh, let's not. Okay, <laughs> you, you didn't touch a real sensitive topic with the Jacksons. My I know I did that, that Gary,
2: yeah. that was intentional because I My know i
1: all this. time. Let's not talk I about Jermaine. Jermaine, Jermaine was mad talented. He was he was there. He was Scotty. He Pippen. wasn't Michael. He wasn't Michael, but he wasn't Tito either. I love Tito too, but Jermaine, let's leave his name out of it. Jermaine was the man. So you're right. You gotta make someone <laughs> else beat you. And no one else, I mean, you know, everyone else had a solid game. No one else, I mean, you know, had a great game. In terms of like scoring, I mean, Marcus Smart was a plus thirty-six in his right. thirty-one minutes. Jalen was here and there, uh, you know, kind of got going late when the when the game was kind of already decided. But I just thought it was a, a way a really good way to come back from that Portland game. I mean, they're gonna look at the end of this season of all the games they blew because that's a game, the Portland game, a game you gotta win. Like you cannot lose that game. That was one of the more deflating losses of the season, but for them to come back on the road, Washington had already beat them twice this year, but the wizards to me looked a little less engaged than they did. They were hype in the first month and a half of the season. They, you know, because they're they're just so desperate to win. They were looking good. They were like, they were top tops in the East for a hot minute. Maybe they're like 13 and six or something like that. And now they're under 500 and they just didn't really look interested. Like, he didn't look interested. Bradley Beal didn't look real interested. Like that was a team that didn't look real engaged yesterday.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they opened the season eleven and five, and everyone was talking about how they've turned a corner, and then they turned a corner and realized, oh crap, we same spot we was before. We 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 still the wizards. We we ain't turn no up. We are still the wizards, the Izards, as I like to call them, because W's don't come easy, but for them, uh, clearly.
0: Terry, in the Globe, you did write right after that Trail Blazers loss about how. The Celtics have been struggling with that zone defense. What do you think changed for them to turn around so quickly? And can they keep that momentum? They hit
1: shots. They made three-pointers. Like, they they hit – they just – I think they hit six or seven in the first quarter. Like, that's what you have to do. Like, you can't – you've got to hit shots. Or some people have suggested, and you know, for the people watching and, and have who think they have theories about how to break a zone – I'd like to hear them because some people, some people were. I got theory. Put Put Tatum in the middle at the top of the key and let him be like the facilitator, the uh, the guy in the middle. Like uh, it's an old reference, but like the Meadowlark Lemon, the guy who was just like running things, mm-hmm. facilitating. Let him do that. Um, but the best way to beat the zone is the three pointer. And let's face it, most teams are good at shooting three pointers, or they have you know, good three-point shooters on their team, the Celtics just hadn't had that. <laughs> and then they've struggled from three. Uh, and then when it gets down to the, the, you know, I didn't like, I wasn't real happy the way, like, Eme kind of put it on Romeo missing a threes and, and Grant. It was just like, if you're depending on Romeo and Grant, down that's the stretch, surprising. to get threes, like, that's a problem. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like, don't
1: put it on, well, they missed some shots they could have made. Yeah, but you're not... Romeo ain't got enough stripes yet to be like, okay, we're depending on Romeo to bring us home. He's just a compliment. The same with Grant. If Grant hits three or four threes in a game, that's great. You're not expecting that. But Tatum and Brown have to hit three-point shots, and it will help, but it's not likely that Mark Mark Marcus Smart and Schroeder hits three-pointers.
2: Well, here's the thing. Uh, As someone who went to – Syracuse. Uh, I've seen a lot of zone defense, and I've seen Quani, Just relax. I don't bring, that listen, up. listen, listen, we, what's the Go ahead. Can, can you? Can you? Can I finish? I, you'll like this, Gary. I've seen lots of teams torch that zone, and the one thing that teams that have had success against the zone do they have a stretch big who can knock down a free throw shot? Because when you pass the ball at the center of the zone. Now, all of a sudden, that zone has to collapse in some way if you've got a guy who can knock down a free throw jump shot. If you have Al or Tatum at that free throw line and you swing the ball to them, that defense is either going to suck in to actually get out of the zone, which is going to probably leave that baseline open for a lob pass. There's, there, I just think that there are, there are ways that you can attack a zone other than three point shot because that shot's going to be there. And if you've got great shooters, that they're going to get out of that zone real quick because you'll be knocking those shots down. But if you don't have great shooters, you've got to attack that middle and force that defense to, frankly, reconfigure itself. Because if you've got a guy like Al Horford wide open at the free throw line, he's going to knock that shot down a lot. And it's going to force you to defend him in a way that your zone defense is not built to defend that possession. And when that happens, now all of a sudden that zone defense has to react to what you're doing as opposed to you reacting to the zone defense. That's all I'm saying, Gary. That's all I'm saying.
0: So moving but, forward, though, how will, team, ahead, will teams continue to defend them that way, or do you yes. think they're going to adjust? Hell
1: yeah! Yeah, they're going to use the zone. Here's the thing, too. Robert Williams, as much as he's a rim runner and he can be in the Ducker spot, you would like Robert Williams to be at the top of the key, but he really isn't shooting... He, his yeah. jumper, his release is toe, so slow that because you would like for him to get the ball at the top of the key and be able to either dribble drive, little sh- j- short jumper, or dunk it as opposed to like a Tatum. Like you would like the big man to be in the middle kind of running those things, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that skill set yet to be at the top of the key and be like, oh, okay, you're me this 10-foot jumper. And right. and I think Robert could shoot, but his release is, is, takes so long. He needs to to Quicken that release. He's got that well, you know, that type yeah. of release. When yeah. he gets time, he can hit it. I think that yeah. hurts him too, not having that real active, uh, like kind of skillful big that you know, and and, and let yeah, you can put Hortford in the middle, but they hit eight threes in the first quarter mm-hmm. um against Washington. That's gonna break a zone because yeah. you know, and they hit four in the second quarter. When the Wizards kind of came back, and then uh, the Celts made a run in, into the into the period to have a 15-point halftime lead. So, yeah, you hit eight threes in the first quarter, and that's more than they've had in games over the last several weeks. You know, they've been 11 for 46 and things like that. So you go, you know, eight for 14, I believe, they went in the first quarter. That's going to break a zone, and that opens things up.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but definitely you're you're right, though. I mean, Gary, teams are going to they're licking their chops when they see the Celtics now because they know they've got a defense that has given the Celtics problems all season long. And that's that zone defense. And they played they did a great job against Washington, obviously. And they should feel good about themselves. But can they do it again? Can they develop some type of consistency so that when teams go to that zone, they play so well that teams get out of it real quick? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they can do that because up not to this get 50
0: point from t- uh, Tatum every night. So. Oh,
2: he's not going to hit you with a fifty piece what? and change every right. night. <laughs> no. So, that it's and again, and and Bradley Beal is not going to have like nineteen points every night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you know, but in addition to Tatum's big game, it was also the return of Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart he uh, I mean as gary pointed out earlier i mean his numbers you know they, they didn't just kind of jump off the charts but the team was clearly better when he was on the floor i mean it was a, it was plus 36 or something like that when he when he played which is a, a ridiculous number even in a blowout game for one guy to have who wasn't like you know scored a ton of points to have that type of plus minus is, is impressive um and and marcus in addition to his play marcus um uh, he had some he had some things to say uh, to kind of get the guys going and let's let's uh, let's let's take a listen to, to just kind of Marcus just kind of talking a little bit about that
4: before the game I told everybody um you know I pulled everybody aside right before the tip off you know I just told everybody you know I love them you know I love all you guys uh, you know uh, I'm here and proud and, you know um really looking for everybody's success. You know, uh, I'm glad to be a part of everybody's success. You know, I know obviously things haven't been going our way, but, you know, we just have to go out there and do what we what we know we ought to do. You know, I pulled Jason, Jalen told them separately by themselves and I went down along with everybody on the team individually. You know, told them, you know, I appreciate them, proud of them. You know, this is what you do. Just go out there and do it and keep doing it. And, you know, I told Jalen and Jason, keep playing. Don't worry about it. And I told Jason specifically, I know you ain't hit a three and 20, about 20 attempts, you know, um, just keep shooting. I said, I'm going to make sure I find you. I'm going to get you going to get you open. Just shoot the ball. Don't think about it. Don't worry about nothing else. Just play the game of basketball. Don't worry about anything else than playing the game. Play the right way. Defense gives you the shot, you take it. They give you the drive, you drive it. They come on your help, you make the right read, and we go from there. And uh, him and Jalen, you know, came out in the show today. So. Um, being able to take that control as the point guard, um, ignoring and, and understanding my teammates um, was big and it was something we needed. That was
0: beautiful. I need a Pep to talk like that every morning. I think I'd be good. I felt, you, you, This Marcus is the thing. And I, I love
2: everything he said.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, well, you know, and, and Quani, you know this as well as anybody. I, I, I'm just irrationally supportive of Marcus Smart. Uh, yes, one for 21 and I'm still riding with him uh, I may, okay. I'm gonna I'm I'm a clown him a little bit I'm gonna crack on him a little bit but I'm still, I was waiting
0: for the butt I, I get
2: it <laughs> I'm still I'm still riding with him but the, here's the thing about what he said that that um, I love everything he said and I love that it in some way shape or form may have impacted these guys in a positive mm-hmm. way but what's gonna happen the next game and the next game after that do you have to keep giving these type of pep speeches for guys to actually play? Their games does Jason Tatum need to be told that take what the defense gives you every single game? Does Jalen Brown need you know that, that those type of encouraging words? And if they need those, if they need that, then damn it, you need to bring it every game if that's what it takes. But I'm I'm struggling to understand where this team uh, is is going, even when when you have these kind of positive moments, because you don't get the sense of whether this is just a one night only. Yeah, type of thing, or is this something that that can be sustained? I mean, does he have to do this game in and game out for them to, to get the best out of those guys? And if he does, then he needs to do exactly what he did before, you know, the game in Washington. But I don't. But I don't. I don't know if that's something that they need game in and game out. I'm I'm curious your thoughts on that, Gary.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I thought that the, it was. I think what we've learned is that they are reading what's being written about them and they understand their national perception that they are a, a, a majorly disappointing team and they should be better. And they're reading Perk's tweets and they're watching NBA Today and they're seeing what people say about them and saying that these guys, you just can't rely on them. They're, they're not dependable. Split up Jason or Jalen, move forward, make a major deal, do whatever you got to do, clear the roster. They are hearing all this noise, right? And not to say that all these people are wrong, but they understand they're, fi- they're a 500 team. They've been a 500 team for a year and a half now. Um, and I think, you know, I think the us against everybody thing is something that I think everybody, I think it's a whole, this whole perception of everybody hates on, a, on you, every person, every person, you know, oh, y'all hating on me. Y'all, everybody feels like they're being hated on. That's the new, you know, that's the new theme of, of our society. I got I got a bunch of haters, you got know. A of
0: haters.
1: Yeah, somebody criticized you, you're a hater. Someone says this is what you can do better, you a hater. Someone says this is how you can improve. No, you a hater. You think I'm trash. Like the thing is, is that
2: get it off your chest, brother Gary. Get it off no, your no. chest, brother Washington. No, I'm get it same. off. I'm so of you.
1: I think that I think that that's what Marcus is saying. The galvanizing the teammates, the us against everybody. Will that work? We'll see. I don't think that I think they're a team. That's gets along. I don't think they're a team that's got a lot of issues in the locker room and arguing and backstabbing and things like that. But I also think it's it's got to lay out in some consistency. Like they've got to have, they've got to beat teams that they should beat. And we saw, I said I, I can just keep pointing to that Portland game. You're up 189 to 89 with six minutes left against a team without several sp- uh, key players, not only Damian Lillard but Norman Powell. You know, and Larry Nance Jr. <clears throat> and you give it up. And and, and and that team knew we can beat these guys. And now Portland came back Sunday and beat Toronto. So Portland's not play they beat Washington. So Portland isn't bad, but that's a game you have to win. Especially to, um, yeah, to yeah. eliminate all the doubters, haters, people saying what's the hell's wrong with the Celtics? You can't yeah. like they got Sacramento Tuesday. Is that a cinch? You would think. But Sacramento came last year and beat the Celtics, right? And, um, you know, with the kind of the same team and the same kind of like, you know, no chance of making the playoffs type of record. So um, the Celtics have to be more reliable to themselves, not for the fans, not for the people who are critics. They have to do this for themselves. They got to want to be better and more consistent because they got a chance in the East. They're six and a half out of first. With 34 games left, that's – they're probably they're not going to win the East, let's be honest. I mean, we all know that. But right. they can make a run to avoid the play-in because right now the East is like the top six teams are starting to separate from the next six,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? So the sixth place is like Charlotte, and I think the Celtics are, are three or four games uh, in back of Charlotte. Sure. Right. Or You know, so basically what we're having here is you're having – like uh, kind of the things are separating. So it's more than just, we see here, the Celtics are four games out of out of sixth. Philadelphia is sixth, and they're playing good ball, right? Um, Cleveland's not going to drop. It doesn't seem like Cleveland's going to make that drop everybody expected. So the Celtics are going to have to put together a winning streak, mm-hmm. okay? Five, six, seven in a row. The next three games, Sacramento, then Atlanta, then New Orleans, three winnable games. All winnable games. Okay. Even at Atlanta, but Atlanta had that her- like 10-game home losing streak, but the Hawks are playing better. But mm. you got to get two of those games at least. You got to start building and get away from 500 and part- put some momentum together. So I think Smart's trying to encourage his guys, but I think everybody knows that probably changes are going to come. Like they got mm. two and a half weeks before the trade deadline. Brad needs to do something. I think he understands because you look at the game Sunday, you look at this team's potential and everything is clicking. Mm-hmm. You know, but everything was clicking. What about when it isn't? Mm-hmm. Can you still grind out wins? Do you need another shooter? Yes. Uh, could you use another capable backup center? Yes. Um, do you need another swingman, defensive swingman? Yes. Like a lot of things on that list.
2: And, that, and, and that's the scary part about this team is that, you know, typically when you hit the trade deadline, there's usually that one position, that one area of need where you can say, man, if we get that one thing, we're going to be all right. It, Not all right. the case with these guys. They got lots of needs. Uh, and, and as and, you know, we're talking about Marcus Smart and just obviously, you know, his words of motivation and his play against Washington. He's a name that we've heard, God, it seems like for the last couple of years, when there's trade rumors and stuff. But, but the one thing that, you know, I, I think often gets overlooked with Marcus is that even though his numbers statistically may not be great, particularly this year, when he's on the floor, good things more times than not happen for these guys. Uh, and he's missed nine games this year. They're three and six in those games. And I know they had other guys who were missing during that, that, that period of time, but we he's that one guy that, for whatever reason, he's kind of a lightning rod where people want to almost like justify why the Celtics need to get rid of him. Uh, and I look at the numbers and again, the numbers are not great, but the numbers for most of the Celtics this year, including Jason Tatum, including, you know, Al Horford, you can go down the line are not great this year. But to me it's what happens when you aren't in the building. I'm looking at really determining just your value, not so much what you do in the games and Mark, when, when they don't have Marcus smart, they literally don't have a, a any semblance of a point guard. Schroeder is a great scorer in the backcourt, but he's not a point guard per se. He's a guard, and he's a good one. He's a good scoring guard, but he's not your traditional point guard, and neither is Marcus, but Marcus is the closest thing they have to that. That's why I think when, he, when he's playing, Tatum plays, I think, a little bit better because Tatum doesn't have as many of the traditional playmaking duties on his plate. He's got a guy that is – is is. When you look at this roster again, Marcus is is about as good as you have on this roster. Now, does that mean that you don't go out and try to get something that's better? No, you look into that. You absolutely have to look into that. But for what you have now in terms of playmaking, he's as good as you got.
0: I don't want to give him all the credit, obviously, for the win. But when you talk about, like you mentioned, off the court stuff, when he's in the building, how he can motivate this team. I do think that emphasizes the value that he brings. But to Gary's point, we just need to see consistency out of yeah. them. If that means, like you said, giving a pep talk every game, then so be it because the Celtics, they like they know they need to get it together. But if Marcus Smart is that factor, as they call him, the heart and soul, then you're going to have to make sure your heart and soul is in the locker room every game, even if mm-hmm. he's not Well, I guess if he's in COVID protocol, he can't. But overall, just again, further shows that he is valuable. The way he speaks into his teammates is important, and I think they're going to need to keep him around as part of you know, moving forward, how they continue to grow because he seems to be the vocal guy that can do that and bring yeah. them
1: together. I would just like to see this for Marcus, okay? I would like to see Marcus be more consistent, and I'd like to see him stop with the, like, with the LaMelo. I think someone mentioned that. It wasn't me. With the LaMelo <laughs> ball stuff. Stop with the fancy passes, oh, the okay. like you just, know the, just, just fundamental.
2: Now, Gary, that inbounds when he threw it off my man's back and had to lay up—that no, was beautiful. That was beautiful. That was Gary Thug Tear came down my face when I, I saw that. I watched
0: that play at least fifty <laughs> times because I kept like, like, looking like, <laughs> that was who did so he good. pass it to? My man just trying to gets
1: himself in the air and he's he like, he just trying 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 to do too much. He tried, you know, like
2: he, you oh no,
1: Marcus much. is going to take. Sometimes you've got to play within yourself. You are not the spectacular it. playmaker. It's okay. Just be a playmaker. You're not LaMelo ball because LaMelo makes it the other night against Boston. He had eight turnovers, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's not clean, good, clean basketball. That could cost you games. But fortunately for the Hornets, like, Rozier and those dudes were on and mm-hmm. they basically outscored the Celtics. But if you're smart, like, you got to be sensible with the ball. Don't take too many chances. Don't. Don't throw the long, you know, baseball pass down the court. That's got a, a 23% chance of making getting through. If it if it if it gets through, it it's a great play that can make, uh, you know, top ten highlight shows. If it's not, it's a turnover. Like Marcus needs to be take care of the ball better, in my opinion. Make the 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 right pass. Don't make the crazy pass. And I think even yesterday, early in the first half, you you in the first half he was doing that Lamelo ball go in. You know, try to do this, you know, go behind his back. Be cute. Don't be cute, Marcus. Make the right play. I, you know, I know you want to, you know, make the fans go woo and turn heads, but just make the right play. If he does that and stays with him in himself, because Marcus has been guilty for seven years of trying to do too much. Marcus is always trying to do too much. Be too much of a shooter. Be too much of a score. Be too much of a magician on the court. Just no, no, Marcus. Just put the ball where it needs to be. Do your dirty work, the good plays, the defensive uh, steals, taking flopping every now and then to get a shot. Tr- that, that's you. Do that. But stay within yourself and make the sensible right play and it's supposed to be a better team. It's when he gives the ball away because this team has a bad habit of giving possessions away. They just They do too much silly stuff with the ball. And Marcus is kind of the leader of that.
2: I wish you know what Gary. Here's I, I'm I'm gonna have to respectfully disagree with you on this one, and, and here's why. I, I love the fact that he's trying to do much. I wish more guys tried to do more than what they're capable of doing, because to me, you're increasing the likelihood of something positive happening. Because right now, if or you do exactly ne- or something like, negative, they
1: five hundred. Shah up negative, like something negative.
2: Gary, it, it's not
1: on. It, it's it not hasn't on worked him. out.
2: But Gary, it's, Gary. if well, you got one guy who's trying to do too much and other guys who are trying to, well, you know, we kind of doing what we, I guess we supposed to try to be doing. No, I want to try something different. And to me, trying to do more is better than trying to do less. No, I don't know. Trying to I, mean, I, to I know that's to do like more. profound words and thoughts. I just dropped. That that I no. think with
0: Marcus, it's the, for this team specifically, I don't think he can afford to do more because they don't have enough people that now can. that's a different conversation, that's but a different I do, conversation. I will say, that's why I'm like slightly in the middle for, from both of you, because I do want to see him do the most, but that's only when the team can afford those extra fancy passes and, and extra moves because they have, you know, consistent scoring or consistent passing, whatever the case may be right now, this roster, that's the only time I don't want to see it because they have a lot of work to do on the, the hey. fundamental side and they don't have time for the flashiness.
2: I, I'll, I'll say this much: I think his timing could be better, and I think that maybe he needs to ratchet in a little bit. But I love the fact that he goes into every game trying to do more than he's he's expected to do or supposed to do. Yeah, I wish more guys cared about the game that much where they tried to do more than they were supposed to do. I mean, listen, I, take, take you back to Detroit when I covered the Pistons. Rip Hamilton, we all know Rip for that mid-range game, right? That's his thing, right? Rip at one point decided, you know what, let me see if I can knock down this three ball and let me find a spot that I can actually make it from. And you know what he did in the one year where he focused on that? He led the freaking league in three-point shooting percentage. It's, it's like one of those – it, it would be – if, if that is the answer to a question of jeopardy, you are going to win the money because no one is going to get that right. Rip Hamilton actually led the league in three-point shooting percentage. And you know what he did? He took like 95% of his threes from the left corner because that was a sweet spot. Yeah. Trying to do more is not a bad thing. It's To me, it's – but to your point, Gary, I see where you're coming from. Sometimes he does get a little out of control with it a little bit. I get that. But I would much rather have a guy who's trying to do too much and help us win than other guys who are just kind of stone-cold chilling like, bro, man, on the corner, wait for that sandwich I, to get I down have, on the third floor. I, I
1: think we have a misunderstanding of what doing too much is, okay? I'm not saying Marcus doesn't need to play really, really hard and go all out and do – I'm saying, like, I'm going to take 10 threes. The was the other game, he took 10 threes in the first yeah. half. Like, no, Marcus, no. Hate take, that, too. You I've do not need to be taking yeah. 10 threes in a game. Like, he took six threes in the the fourth quarter collapse against the Knicks in New York. He took six threes in the fourth quarter. No, 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 no. Like, unless you are on, unless it's one of them rare nights where you got it right, you on, okay. No, 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 with the like Mutumbo. No, no, no. But with to six, but to point, points. if
0: no one's scoring, then why not shoot your shot? No,
1: Mark, just, that's what's got no him here. That's what's got him here is Marcus is like eff it. That's Look, the problem that's it the Look, it. I'm just going I'm okay. Y'all need balance for me. Y'all need we, somebody to score. We, I'll do we, it.
2: like we are going to have to agree to disagree so,
4: on yeah, Marcus Doing too much,
1: I think doing too much is to me the I said the Overly fancy passes—the stuff that's just like whip, whipped cream. Making the low percentage, long lead. whipped cream's a good thing. I you
0: love whipped cream. You got to get whipped cream, Gary. Yeah, whipped cream.
1: Because the Celtics,
2: why are you coming out whipped cream now?
1: The, the Celtics yeah. mess yeah. off a lot of possessions with careless passes, unforced turnovers. How many unforced turnovers does Marcus have? Not somebody mm-hmm. stealing the ball from him and ripping him. That's a yeah. that's like a that's a forced turnover. Not, but tossing it and, and and someone stepping in the pass lane because Marcus threw a careless pass or Marcus tried to do something behind the back or Marcus, like, you know, and he, he'll do that, my bad. Or, you know, like, no, man, no more my bads. Like, don't do that stuff because every possession is important, especially when this team has a lead. When they get that 11-point lead, they tend to start messing possessions off, just like against Portland, where you saw that Portland game, they took the lead, the 11 point lead with 7 19 left in the game, Portland didn't score for almost two minutes. So it wasn't like Portland came back with a couple of bam bam threes and it was a five point game. Like Portland was like beat us. Like Portland didn't score for a minute plus before McCollum hit a three off the inbound. Then all, all, from the corner in front of the Celtics bench, and all of a sudden he hit another one and it was it was a six point game. You're like, uh-oh, the Celtics just blew possessions after that, yeah. like. That's what I think they, if Marcus is your leader, he can't blow possessions that way. And that this team is, and it's not only Marcus, but he is the leader of, if he's your floor leader, he's got to be like, no, no more blowing bad uh, possessions, blowing, blowing, blowing
2: possessions. Well, listen, we can talk about consistency and inconsistency all we want, but I do know who is consistent. And that is our good friends at BetOnline.ag, The number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. Yes, we are in the new year. Damn, we're almost a, we're almost a month into this bad boy. Uh but betonline.eg has new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and you can receive your 50% welcome bonus. Promo code CLNS50 to get you started. They've got everything from football, which is this weekend was the playoffs popping. We're talking playoffs,
0: you playoffs,
2: basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC—you name it. They got to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And speaking of starts, we're good, we're gonna bring in our good friend Kyle Draper, who got his real start in Boston. He was mm-hmm. a nobody before he came to Boston, but he came to Boston oh, and wow. then he blew up. Let's bring in our good friend, Kyle. <laughs> That's going to blow up. Man.
3: Nice, nice to see you guys. I tried to
1: hide my Christmas tree. <laughs> what intro is that? Oh, all welcome I know back, my is. friend.
3: It's good. All, all I know is Sherrod must still be paying off those student loans because he got the Syracuse <laughs> behind him. You know right. what I mean? So he's still paying off those student loans. Well, actually, they paying
2: me, but that's another story. That's another <laughs> story for to another know day.
0: That I tried to hide my Christmas tree still being up, and yet this shot now exposes me all the way. So Kwani's
3: still are you waiting, waiting on those Christmas gifts. Tree? That's what that is. She's still hoping for some gifts to I be on. Is, is that
2: that Kwani's trying to send like a subliminal message about you know my birthday's in like a couple of Oh yeah, my birthday y'all. is you know, February fifteenth. Fifteenth. So. Okay. 15th. Okay. Okay. So she's trying, she's oh, trying to man. send Sending the message. What's going on, Kyle Draper? What's going on with you, bro?
3: No, I'm good. I'm looking at G. Wash, newly married over there. He's like, Thank "Honey, you. I'll get to it in a minute." Look yeah. at it's good. I miss you guys. I'm gonna keep it real. I, I, <laughs> I miss know, you guys. Bro. You know, yeah, yeah. Gary got that uh, married look on his face, right? You know all about that, man. He's like, "Man, I gotta do something after this. I gotta go yeah. to the store. I gotta get some milk or something." But it's I'm all drapes right.
2: like, is. That's that's Drape's life, He's what he's talking about. He, he's yeah, giving you a much. glimpse he's, behind the curtain of, of Drape's like, <laughs> drape life. I get it. I get
3: it. That's true. That's true. I, I,
2: I tell you what, though, man. Um, we've been watching your team, Sacramento Kings, play probably more than we should. Uh, <laughs> I ain't alone. Uh, I know the Celtics ain't alone. Y'all got some nice pieces over there. And the record is obviously not great. I think you guys have lost, what, three or four in a row or something like that? Don't worry but about that. It's not coaches. about that. No, it's about the talent. Y'all, and y'all got some ballers. <laughs> y'all got some ballers who might be so, on
3: move. So is that what you brought me on here to talk about, Sharad? Yeah, just to talk Coaching about the you. Sacramento Kings roster. Like, which guys can we get here in Boston? I want
2: you to talk about these players because those players may be on the move. And and you see them on a day-in, day-out basis. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about a guy like Harrison Barnes, I mean, we've known him from all the way back to college and and at Golden State, obviously, Mm -hmm. and and out in Sacramento. As a player, what's he bringing to the table? Because, I mean, he seems to be like just a real solid player, solid, solid citizen type.
3: Yeah. No, you just said it, man. Pencil him in for 15 to 18 points per game every single night. He's a guy that doesn't need the ball is a guy that's going to be the first one in the gym, the last one to leave. He's a consummate professional. And uh, I I've always said, you know, Harrison Barnes can fit in on any team, any system, any roster, any scheme. The dude is just a flat out solid ball player. And I think he's a coach's dream. And so in Sacramento, he's having a career year. When you look at his three point percentage, so he's a can knock down the three. He can play great defense. And so, no, man, he he's a great locker room guy. You know, the one thing about Harrison, he's not that vocal. You know, he's not a rah-rah kind of guy or anything like that. But you know what you're going to get from him night in and night out.
2: Sounds like a younger Al Horford. Not different player, but yeah. as far as, like, the off the court and demeanor and that type of stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, about- and, 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 and you know, I love Al Horford. So, you know, mm-hmm. five-time all-star. Too. So, yeah.
2: What about the Foxy one? Mr. Fox, De'Aaron.
3: man, you going right at the top, huh? you yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: coming. Hey, Drapes, I I decided to take the cookies from the bottom <laughs> shelf and put them on the top shelf for
3: you. It, 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 here's the thing about De'Aaron Fox, great player, young talent. The Kings aren't just going to give them away, Sherrod. You know, are, are you you send me back, you you sending me back Tatum, you sending me back Jalen Brown. I mean, because if I'm Monty McNair, the conversations would have to start with Jalen Brown. And I, I told somebody the other day, I don't see the pieces the Celtics can offer outside of their big two. And Tatum to me is off limits. We know that, right? Tatum, Tatum ain't going anywhere. And so unless you're talking Marcus Smart, if I'm Monty McNair and I see Brad Stevens on the line, the first words out of Brad's mouth better be Jalen Brown. If not, I'm hanging up on him. <laughs> now,
2: Drapes, the, this other guy I want to ask you about, <laughs> and I know you can go on and on about this because full disclosure, I'm going to just let everybody know this. When Kyle Draper was in Boston, Buddy Hill was his guy. Yeah. <laughs> Draper was on a Buddy Hill trade before anyone cared about Buddy Hill.
0: But Kyle I give I'm you that, Draper. Guys. But, so but the thing about it, drips.
2: here's the thing about Buddy Hill, though, Drapes. Buddy Hill is damn near old as us. So I can understand why you were so so cool with him. Oh my God. I can understand that.
3: Yeah, right? <laughs> we, we graduated high school the same year. You're right. No, uh, the, here's the thing I, And why I was so high and still am high on Buddy Hill. Shooting. I mean, think about it. Every NBA team needs shooting. And this is a guy that can win you several games throughout the year just by getting hot from three-point range. And so we do know the Kings tried to trade him on draft night. Mm-hmm. But they had a great deal getting Montrez and Kyle Kuzma. That would have been a huge move from Monty McNair. But I don't know about Buddy's future in Sacramento. And I think he'd help a lot of teams. I think, you know, when you look at the Celtics, what's been near Achilles' heel? They go through wild, cold spots, cold droughts. You know, it's like, you know, three of 42 from three or something, something, you know. And so he would definitely help uh, in that. And, uh, you know, Buddy has improved his defense, too. Let me say that. I'm not saying he's locking it. He ain't Bruce Bowen or anything like that. He ain't locking the Ben Wallace out there, Ron Artest or anything. But he gives the effort. And so, you know, if you look at Sacramento, they got to make a move probably, right? Yeah. I mean, they got to do something. And so I I know teams are calling and uh, I know Monty McNair is answering. But Buddy would be a solid six man, I think, for the Celtics to score coming off the bench. And they they desperately need a guy who can
2: knock down shots. Because we, we were talking earlier in the podcast about you know some of their needs. And they could use a playmaker. They could use another big. They could use another a shooter. But I think of all those things that they are clearly in need of and could benefit from, shooting is the one thing I think they could get at the trade deadline potentially that can help them both in the short and long term. But it's got to be the right fit. It's got to be the right guy. And it's got to be the right guy that doesn't cost them – Frankly, they're pillars. And I think, you know, obviously Jason ain't going nowhere. Jalen, I'd be shocked if they even took a call for him. And right now, when he's healthy, you know, Time Lord. Time Lord is a difference maker when he's healthy. And that's to me, that's the one guy that if you're if you're Brad, you're gonna have to hit the pause button when they say, We want Time Lord for this guy, because you know that Time Lord is going to be really good. And you know he's going to be that dude if you trade him, he's going to come back and bust your ass every chance he gets. He going to put 20, 10, and five on you. Five blocks, Gary, five hey, hold
3: Gary, you, you buying what Sherrod is saying right here, man, <laughs> that Time Lord is virtually untouchable. He's, that's what you're telling me, Sherrod.
2: I'm saying they will think about it a little bit longer and harder than they would pretty much everyone after him on the roster. That's what I'm saying. I, he's, I, I, listen, Tatum and Brown are at one spot, and Time Lord to me is in three. that I got to think about this one for a minute. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: one I, 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 I want to ask you, Kyle. You, I see what you're you doing, doing, Drape's. You've been around. You've been around. You've been around Sacramento now a year and a half, two years and a half, two two, two years.
3: It, it a little more than a year, bro. This is my second really? season. Like, okay, yeah, so I've mean, been out in December. December of 2020. Like Ten years. Man. Okay. You know, no, it's it's like being in a bad marriage. It's like man, I feel like 50 years now. You know, <laughs> but bro, it's only. Really- <laughs> It's only been 14 months, man. Come okay, on, bro.
1: You've been around now. You've seen for two, se- two and a half seasons. They're 18 and 30. But they have – I mean, they're not Oklahoma City. They're not literally Orlando. They, this team has freaking talent. Mm-hmm. Halliburton, Fox, freaking Buddy Hill. Um Rashawn Holmes, the Celtics. Right, with Harrison Hullard Barnes. Do like, like Harrison Rashawn Barnes. Yeah. Harrison Barnes. Why the hell they don't win? Why don't? Why aren't they 20? Instead of 18 and 30, why aren't they 24 and 24? Why aren't they, like, fighting for a spot? Like, this why is aren't they, like, Memphis? Me. Yeah, why aren't nope. they, like, why don't they we, win?
3: It's obvious. You, you guys just said it. You guys, Washburn, you just said, said, why aren't they fighting for a spot? Shiraj, how come they aren't Memphis? Memphis has those dogs. You know, and that's why I wanted Marcus Smart last year. I thought Marcus Smart, Marcus Smart, you know, forget all his flaws. The dude is a gamer. He's he's landed on the line. He's trying hard every single night. And when you look at the Kings, sometimes they aren't, they don't have that fight in them. You know, you, you punch them in the mouth and, and they sort of dazed and confused a little bit instead of counter punching, you know. And so they need some dogs. That's why they
1: drafted like they drafted like Marcus Smart Jr. and Davion Mitchell,
3: right? Like, right? Like, what? Like that? That ain't worked either. Yeah, Gary, it's forty-five games into the season. You expect him to come in and be like Tim Duncan or Kevin Garnett and change the franchise's culture? Big fella, give him some time. time.
2: It's the they same They should be of, winning 50 games this year, Drake. So you know it. They should be winning 50 games. That's what that's
1: what Gary. Every year, like I just think you're right, Drake. The Kings have to do something because it ain't working. Halli- remember when they oh, they got Halliburton. Oh, him and Fox are gonna make a dynamic duo in the backcourt. Okay. Um, they got buddy, buddy Hill's an elite shooter. Marvin Bagley, he when he gets healthy, he'll be fine. Harrison Barnes, oh, you can't part with him. watch hold on, hold on,
3: hold on, like, hold what are on. What do we doing here?
1: 18 and No,
3: man. <laughs> they should be better. I agree with you. Yeah. But like, don't act better. like Davion Mitchell was supposed to come in here and and, and change the you know, everything. Be Steph Curry all of a sudden. Be, or that Tyrese Cleveland. and Fox are supposed to be Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. How long did it take Steph Curry to win? Five, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Five, so, yeah. <laughs> but but so give it time, <laughs> big fella. Give it time. They should be, but they should be Cleveland. Look at what Cleveland's done.
3: Give cleveland
1: hey. put Cleveland's a lot of dudes great. together. But look Bounds at but, Garland. But look at is, cleveland. Garland is your De'Aaron Fox. They put a lot of dudes. They drafted well, and the Kings Halliburton's a good draft pick. Big like pick. he ain't no bust.
3: But this is his second teams, year. This is second
1: Mar- year. The Marvin Bagley thing, yeah, that was a problem. That you hurt him. Have yeah. Luca. Yeah. Like, that's never gonna. That's, right. that's on Vlade. Yeah. on yeah. Vlade's tomb. That's yeah. that's yeah. on his resume. His tomb, all that for passing up Luca. Damn,
2: <laughs> damn <dude. laughs> is
1: tomb. They they, you know, team. Team.
3: They they still line line know. <laughs> he's still his
1: <laughs> Vlade. I not I'm saying he's rolling over in his grave. Like, damn, I should have <laughs> taken, taken Luka. Oh
3: no. man. But let, let me say this, and, and you talk to people within the Kings organization talking about the GM, all that's in the past. Right now, they're trying to focus, Gary, on Monty McNair, who's in, what, 15 months in up, the why job. you
1: up old stuff? Okay, smart. I know, you're it up old stuff. Dude, they're trying to the best argument? are you bring up old stuff? No, old all
3: stuff? I'm saying is they are underachieving, yes. <laughs>
0: okay.
3: But the jury is still out on Fox and Halliburton. Look at Tatum really? and Jalen Brown. You guys ready to break that up? And they are in year five or whatever it is. These dudes are in the second year together. And so I think when it comes to chalk and trades, they're going to give it time between those two. But I don't think already
1: fired the coach. Gentry's not the long term answer because they haven't improved much over with Alvin Gentry. So to me, like, what does Sacramento do? Like they're the they're they are the warning. They are the like complete. Example of what bad can happen when you do the young. We're gonna draft a bunch of young dudes and let them all grow together. Because no remember, it was Tyreek, it was Tyreek and Demarcus, and then it was like they, they've had three or four waves of young, young special guys, and it ain't worked. And they got you got to
3: get them right though. But you
1: got a bunch they, they, of dudes in that roster. Drake Rashawn Holmes is the guy I love. I love that dude. Right. That dude plays hard hundred percent of the time. So. Yep. He, we were talking last year after they came in and beat the shit out of Celtics, and you were like, "They playing harder." It was Rashawn Holmes that yep. won in that game. Yep. Like, they got him. Like, what's going on? Like, what? Like to me, the Sacramento Kings need to do something because this ain't working. They got to do something. And it's the but West. it ain't
3: going to be with Fox and Halliburton, Gary. It's not going to be with Fox and Halliburton.
1: I'm trade telling you. you, you trade. You don't ask for the world. For Harrison Barnes, like, you get them two dudes off and you just go young, men, and then let they How about Deion this? Mitchell How about plays. this?
3: On February 11th, the day after the trade deadline, if the Kings don't make a move, then you could come at me and say, what are they doing, Drey? What's happening? <laughs> uh, you don't, yeah. don't think <laughs> Monty McNair's, you know, <laughs> know what, it's not working? Of course, trust me, I, I think they're going to make a move I don't think it's going to be with the big, big names, though. I don't think it's going to be with Fox and Halliburton. I, I just don't see it. I mean, I was telling somebody, and he, like, to me, Halliburton, when, when you talk about the roster they have, he's part of the future. They're not just giving up on Tyrese Halliburton. I'm not
1: saying trade yeah. Halliburton. or trade. I don't think they should trade Fox. But everybody around them, and you keep Mitchell, he's a rookie, but everybody around them, it just seems like it's a culture of, like, well, we'll get them next year, and then it's like, and it, there's nothing to do in Sacramento. It's not a great city in terms of not to live. But You're like, crazy, hey! Uh, you uh, ain't hung out left. with me yet, big
3: fella. Oh, big fella. Oh, I'll take God. you to some okay. spots. Okay. Next you know me. Night,
1: whenever we hey. go out there again, I, 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 it's <laughs> not a city that's going to attract the hell out of free agents. So you, Monty McNair, has to be like he has to make shrewd moves to get dudes in there that want to play in Sac, and then you got to get all a right. good coach.
3: Let me ask you let me ask you real quick. If Monty McNair would have made the Kuzma Montrez Harold trade, would that have been a good deal for yes. Buddy Hill? Yes. So he did make the trade. It Lakers happened. pulled out at the last minute cuz they wanted Russ for and obviously book. that turned into a fail. Like so it, you know, give Monty some credit. Like I agree. February 10th comes, you got to improve the roster. You got to do something, right? But this whole, oh, it's just Sacramento, you know, what's going on? The dude tried to make moves. He made a hell of a trade, if you ask me, getting Kuzma and Montrez. Oh, my gosh. Whew. That would have been so good. Okay, That would have been so it. good.
0: Let's flip Go it. Ahead.
3: What you yes, got, come on. the
0: Kings are sitting at 12 in the West. That's not a great place to be, but – from your perspective, what has been a positive? What maybe is a strength? Oh, Kawhi!
3: See, I like that. That's wah, to, the
0: table. I'm just curious.
3: Me, me and you could do a podcast any day. You know, let's you it. like to look. Oh, on now the you want to work
2: with
0: because,
3: her. Hey, Now you want to work with her.
0: Because let's be honest, whatever that strength is, the Celtics could probably lose to them solely based off of that.
3: Totally. We saw it last year. We saw the Celtics get swept last year by the Sacramento Kings, and so. You know, I I think the Kings' strength, Tyrese Halliburton, he's a gamer. When you talk about one of the positives, the dude is a 20 and 10 guy. When De'Aaron Fox missed those games, Tyrese had four straight games of 20-plus points, 10-plus assists. And so the thing about the Kings, when they get hot, they're tough to beat. Like, So it's sort of like a snowball effect down. You know, they can drop 120, 130 on you in a heartbeat. You know, the the scary part about the matchup with the Celtics, and this will be fun to watch, is both teams have trouble closing teams out at the end of the game. You know what I mean? So if somebody has a big lead, like if the Celtics are up 20, which I know they've blown those leads in the past, I think, you know, they'll win that game. But if it's close, man, it's like whichever team, you know, doesn't make the most mistakes down the stretch. And also, quiet as is kept, the air Fox for the most part, has been playing some great basketball over the last month. He had a couple games there. He missed last game. Hopefully, he's back uh, on, on Tuesday. But uh, he's a star. Rashawn Holmes is back, and so you know we got Tristan Thompson too. Your boy Tristan Thompson <laughs> uh, is out here. So <laughs> I, I'm he's looking forward. To, I, I'm looking team. forward to that reception on uh, Tuesday when he's back in Boston. And so there's some pieces, mm. but back to Washburn's point, to Quanitius, like, his team is underachieving. There's no way they should be worse than they were a season ago. And that's what's happening. And I, I think it's driving Alvin Gentry crazy. It's driving everybody crazy. Like, what is going on here? Yeah,
2: I, I agree. I agree. I mean, but it, again, it, it's as as, sad, as much as you don't want to acknowledge it, it's kind of become their culture. To be underachieving like they like in the last decade or so, they've had some decent teams that were talent wise good enough to be a playoff team. But for right. whatever reason, came up short and they've got to figure out a way to change that culture. Uh, and yeah. it's not just about getting talent. It's about just finding a way to get folks to not just think they can win, but actually go into games and go into season expecting to do it, which I don't think. Right. they're
3: at. Yeah. And, and when you look at it, too, look at the names that have played for the Sacramento Kings. Like when you look at it, they've had some, whether it's Rondo or Rudy Gay or DeMarcus or Vince Carter, like they've had some names come through, but nobody ever changes the culture. And it makes me wonder, well, when you look at it, think about it. They've had what, 11 coaches in the last 10 years or something like that has been That's 11 crazy. coaches in 12 years. So you need that stability, man. You need to say, you know what? This is our GM. This is our coach. And we're going to let it ride for three to four years. And so, obviously, Luke Walton didn't work out. But I think this GM, Monty McNair, I, I think he's the right guy. We just got to let him do his thing. I mean, this is second full season. Uh, think about it. Let's let's talk about the Celtics. Danny Ainge, as great as Danny was, how long did it take him Washburn to turn things around? You you had like, to get one kg. You get a yeah. one kg. Look at Phoenix. You get one Chris Paul, and that's what the Kings need. They need that unifying leader, that culture changer that they don't have right now. Well, who's going to come to Sacramento to do that? that You're going to have to draft that
1: dude. Besides you, who's going to Sacramento
3: voluntarily? (laughs) 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 Hey, man, I'm I'm doing my part, big fella. I told (laughs) Alvin Gentry. I just talked to Alvin. I said, whatever part I'm doing, you know, I'm out here trying to change things. But look at it. KG KG was a trade, Kwani. Chris Paul wasn't a free agent signing. Chris Paul was a trade. And when Phoenix traded for Chris Paul, everybody was like, oh man, they're taking on this $40 million. Mm -hmm. Please. So the Kings would need to do something like that. Take a gamble on a savvy vet that has, you know, playoff experience and is a culture changer. The problem is, those guys just don't grow in trees, you know? It's not they a don't whole grow in
2: trees, trees, and those trees don't plant roots in Sacramento. Because, <laughs> Drapes, think about it. Convincing Chris Paul to go to Phoenix, convincing Chris Paul to go to Sacramento, which is the easier sell?
3: Hey, I'll tell you what. Sacramento is just like Boston. And clip this and That's put it really out there to really, your that, podcast. Hey, okay, KG didn't want to come to Boston at first. But then he came it's here of, and he fell in, in love with it. The same thing with Sacramento. You come there, Chris Webber, a legend in Sacramento. My guy, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby. Talk to all the guys that have come through Sacramento and played. They tell you, that fan base, man, is is, 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 is amazing. Deserves it, better.
1: And and they, they built a new arena for those chumps, and they still can't <laughs> win.
3: No, hey, I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this King slander, Washburn.
1: <laughs> it for was King a setup, slander. Kyle. And then name the street after David Stern. It's on David Stern. Like, like the Kings, like was like David Stern was like, I'm gonna let y'all I'm going to went all, in. Went all went in the team in Sacramento. If you build an arena and name the street after me, the <laughs> Kings, like, okay, like yeah, see, he's been
3: right. waiting
0: to get this off his chest. So I'm glad he's no, you
3: you, you know team. what it is, Kwani. See. Yeah. Gary's worried about all the other stuff. He want to know where he could go partying after games. He want to know what name the street is. I'm talking about basketball, big fella. I'm talking about inside that building. And as you know, Washburn, growing up in California, when the Kings were rocking, it was the most difficult place to play. That fan base was rabid. Then you, got, then you and got the so. cowbells ringing and then everything. You got
1: fans, the, the Kings basketball is so disgusting. You got fans vomiting on courtside. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Drake,
2: I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. Wow. You know what Kings? it is? The
3: Kings dude a had movie. a good time, though. Dude had a great night. Let's not <laughs> act like y'all ain't been out and vomited once or twice in your careers. This, hey, it happens to us all at some point.
1: Not on the court. Nah, that was crazy. Not on the court. I'm not blaming the Kings. I'm, I'm not blaming the Kings for that. But my point is, is that it seems like the Kings have to do something. But like the Celtics, at times they hold on to their assets, like the. They're asking price for Harrison Barnes, like it's it can't be so steep. Like you, you're right, Drake. They've got to take some chances, get some young guys, maybe get a guy. I mean, and I thought, I, mean, I thought Tristan Thompson would help with leadership. Now, obviously, he's got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, Kwani. <laughs> you to would. I
3: need to <laughs> some
1: water. But you would think you would you would have thought that Tristan and I saw a couple of his press conferences when SAC, he was keeping it real yep. with the guys, but it sounds like, <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to get someone like him who's actually engaged and who could actually really play, still play. Cause it doesn't sound like he's playing all that much. Right.
3: right. He's not playing much. And you need more of those guys too. You know, that that's the biggest problem, you know, accountability, not, not from the coaching staff, but from each other, you know what I mean? Like, Losing has to suck. You got to hate losing. And they don't, you know, they haven't shown me that losing bothers them yet. You know, Mm -hmm. we hear it in the practice uh, of post-game press conferences, Harrison Barnes down, De'Aaron Fox, but then we see the same things. And so that's why I thought Marcus Smart, man, last year, not, not necessarily this year because you got Davion, you got the, you know, your backcourt is pretty much set, but I thought Marcus Smart would really help this team because He does all the things that don't show up in the box score. And sometimes, you know what? You need somebody to throw a clipboard or you need somebody to get into a fist fight or or challenge each other on the sidelines or something like that. So you need somebody to make sure things ain't sweet every single day. Like losing sucks, man. And so you you need somebody that uh, can bring that energy. And right now they, they don't really have that. Yeah,
2: and you get a firsthand view of that every
3: night mm-hmm. all oh, all I know is since I've been in Sacramento we're two and0 against the Celtics Ooh. ooh that's all oh, I know oh oh, oh shot fire. fire so I'm I'm undefeated my squad yeah. is undefeated okay. we'll see you your on new team
2: so your, your your new team is 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 obviously handling their business. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Well, they need they to know
3: how much this game means to me on Tuesday. Yeah, come clearly. On, clearly. They're playing Kyle for trades. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is.
2: They're playing for trades. The Kyle Draper <laughs> comeback game.
3: Listen. Here, Washburn, rolling his eyes. We can do this come, all Draper comeback day. game. Oh, yep. my <laughs> The comeback game. I can't wait to Draper see you at the game. I can't I wait. I want to
0: see that Kyle Draper tribute video. Oh no. Oh, what <laughs> no. if they did
3: have one? That would be crazy.
0: I should put Z- you know, you know,
3: a PR real quick. I know. Hey, shoot shoot rich Gotham or somebody a text yeah, real quick. Set that, that up.
4: A, have,
2: a, a, a two, have a two <laughs> shot of you and Tristan. That's what we
3: want. What if he gets <laughs> one? I'm thinking a two shot. Yeah, me and Tristan. Exactly. That's my guy. That's
0: my guy.
2: We could do this all day, all right. but obviously we ain't got all day. I know uh, Quanee's got stuff to do. I um, do. When
0: we ain't talk you about. You
2: got to do, Quanee. Quanee, yes. talk about what you got going on. Yeah, up. what you got going on? Now so that you my, can talk about what you got going on, now that you oh, know what, what you got. I know
0: what I'm talking. You see, they always right. make fun of me, Kyle. You need to come back to Boston.
2: Quanee, Quanee, going to talk about this thing she's about to do, and when we asked her about it last week, she didn't know exactly what it was she was going to be because
0: doing because I hadn't read it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she she did her research. She ready I now. My, she's ready now. but if you're
0: watching this by now, it should have aired. The Celtics are hosting a panel, of Celtics United, on mental health, specifically in the Black community. I'll be moderating with a bunch of professionals, local medical professionals here in Boston. So I'm sure there'll be a link online somewhere for you guys to catch the
3: nice.
0: replay of it.
2: Absolutely, and, and you can find and Gary Washburn. He's got his court sense, good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I liked the story about Marcus Smart, uh, yeah. you know, and just just the, his you know message to the team, which is kind of kind of jiving what you talk about, Drapes, about him being able to. You know, give you some of those intangibles that you want in terms yeah. of leadership and kind of sh- you know kind of write the ship and all that. And you know, I'm doing my thing. You know, Ebony, bleach Report, <laughs> you know, Facebook, Silness Media, love- In Living I just, Color, In Living. I, I'm
3: 12 jobs. What?
2: <laughs> I'm that dude. I am. I am that she dude. I'm really like I am that, that dude. Uh, well, also before we before we head out though, I wanted to also just uh, you know touch on real quickly. I mean, obviously, this week a lot of people are thinking about Kobe Bryant, uh, the two year anniversary of, of his his passing, and and I am as well. But I'm also thinking about the the uh, one year anniversary of Zaku Smith, uh, someone mm-hmm. that we know well. In fact, his he and Kobe died on the same day, one year apart. Wow! Uh, so he's he's definitely been on my mind, which is why I am rocking my. Zeku t-shirt oh, today. okay. Um, so that's what that's about. So, um but yeah, I just I wanted to end it on that note because again, we, we there's a lot of stuff going on in this world today and we really need to, you know, hold our our friends as tight as we can, let them know how we care about them, we love them when we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had in Kwani, you remember this? We had Zeku on on, the, on this podcast like the week
0: before, before
2: he yeah. passed away. Wow. Um and so that, you know, was very kind of tough for me in a personal level, just because I've known Zay Kool longer than I've known any of uh, y'all. Um, he was one of my day ones. Um, so um thinking about him this week and then thinking about Kobe as well, obviously, and and thinking about Drapes and his little two and zero record against the yeah, against the Celtics yeah. coming to an end. That's, That's coming to good, an end. I got, we, need to, we need to, we I I we need to kind of sit, kind of just filter that 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 little nugget out there. Like you do know that, that. y'all. Yeah. The Kings have whipped y'all ass every single time <laughs> they play since Drapes left. It's cool so I'm just, I mean, Mark, I mean Marcus, you you just might want. I'm just saying, you might, right. might be part of your message you to your team. Right.
3: That might another. be part of the pep talk. Right. Hey, my boys will be ready. This and, and let, let me let me say this real quick, too, guys. Washburn, if you travel, you two Sharad, if y'all come to the game in March in Sacramento. Don't run back to San Francisco after the game because that's what they do, Kwani. That's what they do. They drive up there to the game and then they drive back to San Francisco. That's Stay exactly in Sacramento. I'll show you the hot spots, like I always did in Boston. I'll do it to you for you out there as well. We'll hang out.
2: I just want—I really? just want to make sure we go really? somewhere where there's no tumbleweeds in the middle of the road. Because I Sacramento you. is the only you. city I've ever been in, in the NBA where I you literally saw, saw a, a big wow. fat of tumbleweed, just rolling across the street.
3: I got you. Trust me. Sacramento is on and popping. I
0: it's want a live report out. from whatever you guys, well, from the beginning. Uh, Sacramento the was live.
3: not <laughs>
2: Sacramento was not on my playlist of cities in the spring.
3: Hey, so, come in March. Well, I got you. I got right,
2: you. We'll see. We'll we'll see. see. We'll take, I'm going to take a look at the calendar, see if we can squeeze a little, little, little King action in there. All right. Okay. Trip. Okay. Kwani, close us out.
0: Wait, before we close out, Kyle, have you been up to anything? On Do you have any extra jobs that you want to go as well? Cracking on me. No, I'm <laughs> no. no,
3: not. I'm not. Yeah, uh, no, no, I don't have anything going on. It's kind of quiet. Uh, I did some. You still do uh, Cameo? Best. Huh? You still do Cameo? I did. I got to do one uh, tomorrow. So I'm on Cameo. <laughs> Hit me up. I got to do one. I'm going to do it from the garden as well. What else I got going on? I'm going to Atlanta. We play in Atlanta on uh, Wednesday. So I'm going to go to the Seku Smith. Uh, you know, media center down there, you know, the press room. So it'd be are cool to see how that. How
2: are you staying in Atlanta?
3: Just one night, big fella. Okay. That's I'm, Atlanta I'm can only Thursday. handle
2: me one night. I'm here Thursday, yeah. Damn. Yeah. Oh,
3: y'all play Atlanta, don't y'all? Yeah. Oh, Alrighty. man, I'm going to miss y'all. I'm, I'm going back to Sac on uh, Thursday. Okay. All right. But well, we'll catch up in Sacramento, right? I'll, right. Check, I'll check, look, I'm gonna look at I'll the calendar and see.
0: I'll hold it exactly. to it. Cool. <laughs> Well, this was a great episode thank you Kyle for giving us some of your valuable time because you know you're so busy valuable. but <laughs> for a Shroud Blakely <laughs> and Gary Washburn I'm Kwani A. Lunas this is the A-List podcast as always if you haven't subscribed please be sure to do so and we'll be back next week with another episode